Hello, my friends. It's Ryan from the Prolific Creator Podcast. Now, many of you have asked, hey, Ryan, how do I support the show? Well, I finally listened. Starting today, you can subscribe to the Prolific Creator Plus on ACAST Plus for $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. No apps to download and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Get access to the entire archive of Prolific Creator Awesomeness. Over 160 episodes going back to 2017. Yes, that's right, my friends. A plethora of information and inspiration, tips, tricks, and interviews to get your art and work into the world. Remember those ads? Say bye, bye, bye. Wait, there's more. For $5 a month, you can get access to the full prolific creator experience. This includes the full archives, early access to episodes, listener Q&A, book and movie reviews, and interviews not for the public, and perhaps any other awesomeness I might do on the microphone. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah, it does, Ryan. If you want to listen for free, you'll notice the last 50 episodes or so will always be available wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, by subscribing today, you don't have to download any new apps, and you can simply keep listening on the podcast platform you prefer. Cool. Okay. Cool. Thanks for your love and support in advance. Simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website, and it'll take you where you need to go. Now on to the show. Have you tried finding tickets for any live event lately? It's impossible to keep up and prices are crazy. That's why you have to check out Gold Star. Gold Star makes it easy to discover the best in live entertainment in your city with instant access to awesome events and special ticket deals. Concerts, live theater, comedy, dance, food fests, immersive experiences. You name it, Gold Star has access to special deals you won't find anywhere else with savings of 50% or more. Go to goldstar.com and use code DCPOD to save $10 on your first purchase. That's goldstar.com, code DCPOD to save $10. The Prolific Writer Podcast, episode number 114. Georgine Marie comes on the show, who is an actor, a writer. She writes in all kinds of genres, and she has a new book called Improv for Writers, 10 Secrets to Help Novelists and Screenwriters Bypass Writer Block and Generate all kinds of ideas. And I love this conversation. She comes from a comedy improv background and you are going to gain so much insight into the writing process from a little different angle. And I hope it really helps you. But first, some intro music. Welcome to the Prolific Writer Podcast, where speed's the name of the game. Follow an indie author and publisher and his guests as they share inspiration, tips, and advice on writing fast, writing often, and writing well. So you can do the same. Here's Ryan. Well, welcome, 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 everyone to the Prolific Writer Podcast. This is your host, Ryan J. Pelton. So glad that you are here. The podcast dedicated to helping you write fast, often, and well. And if it's your first time here, really glad that you're here. If you're a longtime listener, so glad that you're here as well. Uh, just wanted to just kind of update again. Uh, if you didn't listen to last week's podcast is uh, we are kind of in the process of kind of winding down the prolific writer. Uh, we've been doing this for quite a few years and uh, I wanted to honor the guests that I've had on and, and make sure I share all the great interviews that I've had um, and, and wanted to share that with you that I'm kind of going in a, in a new direction as far as podcasting goes and, and just feel like I've, I've said everything I want to say 
specifically about writing and publishing. And there's always new things to say, but there's also other voices that can say that. And um, looking at just um, not ending totally just the interviews with creativity and writing and things, but going to be doing a different podcast with some different themes, uh, some stuff with faith and culture and um, some people doing interesting work in the world and um, don't want to let that go. Um, but also just some shifts, I think for the writing community is that I haven't fully given that up, still writing and publishing, writing my own stuff and publishing, but also um, building out uh, some courses that will be available. We already have the 45 day novel course that is now available on Udemy and you can get that anytime. It's always open now and uh, want to share that with you and also going to have some other courses coming along. And so kind of shifting when it comes to writing and publishing, shifting more into the kind of course space, um, feeling like that's just a great medium to help writers kind of in a more tangible way and a practical way as well. And, uh, and, and also to still be writing some articles on, on the writing craft and publishing and all that good stuff, uh, here and there, uh, but won't be giving as much attention to the, the prolific writer podcast. And, uh, and it's been a, a great run, uh, been doing this for over three years. And it has been just a fantastic experience for me, just being able to interview some of the most prolific writers um, on the planet. And, uh, and that, that goes with just, I've been more, more blessed and helped than anyone. And so it's been, been so fun. Um, and uh, there's so many great writers and creators out there doing great work. And so that's been, been just a huge, huge privilege and an honor and a blessing. And, uh, and today is, is no different. Uh, Georgine Marie, uh, who is an actor, a writer, uh, doesn't, does some improv and comedy. Uh, she wrote just a f an interesting, fantastic book, uh, secrets of, of how to kind of get unstuck using some kind of improv techniques. And so I think you're going to love hearing her story. And, uh, and I think, you know, all of us find our, uh, find from time to time getting stuck, getting kind of that writer's block. Uh, if you believe in that and, and just, you know, what do I say? How do I get, get unstuck? Or you have this big idea and you're just not sure how to kind of get it flushed out, get to that next level, whatever it may be. Um, and so she's going to offer some great insights into that and uh, from just a very unique perspective. So it was really great to have Georgine uh, Marie on the show. And so uh, buckle up, grab a pen, grab a pencil, grab your phone, whatever, and uh, take some notes. And here's my conversation with Georgine Marie. Yeah. Yeah. I used to live in LA. What part of LA do you live in? North Hollywood. Okay. Yeah. You're, you know, you're famous. You're doing all kinds of stuff. So yeah. <laughs> Got to be, got to be near the Hollywood, which is, uh, if you, if you grew up there, it's not as impressive as people would think. <laughs> All the glitz and glamour. No. <laughs> now you did grow up here, right? Yep. Yep. I grew up in Long Beach. Cool. Love yep. Long Beach. Born and raised. Ocean. Yeah. Ooh. Well, Georgina, it's great to have you on the show and, uh, thanks for making the time. And right. it's so wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited about all the things that you're doing and how you talk about writing. So I'm happy to be here. Well, I appreciate it. So I, I want to talk a little bit about your new book because your new book is just the title. The subtitle alone caught my attention. So Improv for Writers, 10 Secrets to Help Novelists, Screenwriters, Bypass Writers Block, and Generate Infinite Ideas. And uh, I love that because one of the, the questions I get all the time is, you know, how do you, how do you come up with ideas? How, what if I run out of ideas? You know, what if I get writer's block? Is that a real thing? Uh, and it's the question of all questions. So I'm looking forward to, to digging into it. So, um, you have, you know, an improv comedian, you're an actor, you're a writer, you've written in all kinds of genres and backgrounds. Well, tell us a little bit about the kind of genesis of this book. Cause obviously it came from somewhere, some problem that you're trying to solve. So tell us a little bit about kind of you and, and where the book came from. 
Oh, well, thank you. Um, I am really enjoying getting to talk about this book because it's really just talking about creativity and feeling like I do have a solution for when maybe some issues come up or just a new way to play and that's improv. So I have this background in improv and teaching improv in particular is what led to, I don't think if I taught that I would have been able, I would have found my way to this book because I learned so much from my students and I just, I, it clicked one day that the things that I was going through on stage and personally were the same thing. They started at the same place and the issues that my students had that they were struggling with in class, I would find out that they were also the same issues they had with in their lives with their parents and teachers or, you know, for adults, just the way that they were communicating with people it was the same struggle. And I thought, oh, there's really something interesting here. Improv can really improv can really help with things. We can really work through stuff in, in, by playing these games and adhering to, you know, the, the philosophy of it. Yeah. So, so tell us just for the uninitiated, when you, when you say improv, you know, obviously you have a, a very unique background. You, you've been in a lot of different areas of, of acting and improv and comedy and writing and, and voiceover work, audiobooks, you name it. Uh, you know, how do you define what is improv to you? Oh, well, improv is short for improvisation. And there are sort of more definitions of that if if you want to dig in, which I'm delighted to because I actually haven't done this with, you know, in talking about it very much. But, you know, there's the improvisation that you might do when you have a script as an actor. And, you know, it's you want to adhere to the script, but sometimes there's room to like you're in the moment, you're in the character. So you say something that just comes out of you. And usually to the delight of the writer and the director, because there's a lot of famous moments in in film history that have actually, you know, famous lines that have been improvised. And I think that what's happening there is kind of also like the crux of what the book is about, is you're in the moment and you're being the character. And magic can happen when you've committed to that and you've, you know, kind of followed these rules just in the sense of, no, I'm going to see what happens. I don't have a strict outcome for what I want, you know, to write or to come up with, but I'm just going to kind of see. And there is just a lot of potential with exploration when you do that. So improv can also be a very formal thing where it's very, you know, games within a certain amount of time and, you know, and all of that. And then it's been around for hundreds of years uh, as an art form with Commedia dell'arte in Italy. And that became very popular in Europe for a couple hundred years and sort of like wasn't much happening with it. And then, you know, in the U.S., um, a woman named Viola, Viola Spolin, she, um, you know, started doing these, these theater games. And then we had the birth of modern improv. That was a very long answer, but (laughs) no, no, I think it. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, I think it's, I think it's great. I, you know, I, I'm kind of a, a comedy nerd and I'm, I'm just fascinated by, I mean, what you do, you know, stand on a stage and do, you know, stand up comedy or improv to me just makes me anxious. Uh, and I, I stand on a stage often. I'm a pastor, so I, I preach most Sundays and, and, but yet it's such a different muscle. And, uh, but, but, you know, I, I was thinking about this interview even beforehand and kind of what you do and, and writing, uh, and improv and always, it's always like kind of the question, you know, is it, is it better? Is it more pure? Is it, is there 
better ideas when we just let it flow and just see what happens. You know, let's say a director's like, okay, what I've heard again, cause I've listened to a lot of podcasts. So I'm obviously an expert. Uh, a lot of directors will say, you know, or, or treat their actors with, you know, just do what you want to do. Just let them go. You're the professional. Just let's see what happens. And other directors are very much like stick with the script. Don't mess with it. Here's, here's the line, you know, just do the line. Well, you know, when you've kind of been in, I imagine you've been in both environments. Like, do you feel like your best ideas come from kind of just going and seeing what happens and, and, you know, the best lines come from that or, you know, when it's there for you, you kind of just do what you think you need to do or, or is it kind of a combination of both? I don't know if that question makes sense, but. Oh, it sure does. And I have been in both of those situations. And I think there's beauty in both. Because I'm not going to mess with Shakespeare. <laughs> right. I'm doing an improvised Shakespeare show. And then for sure, I'm going to do my best to have a grasp of the language and how the ver- how the words fit together. Um, and, and kind of these archetype kind of characters. Absolutely. There, there's, there's both. And I think that, you know, some people have a real vision and they, you know, they want things done a specific way. And I, I feel like I just want to honor art, but I also love when there's room to play. I love when a director says, oh, just, just go ahead and like, you know, I'm not going to, you know, or they don't call cut right away. And I mean, what are you going to do? There's no more, there's no more lines on the page that you've memorized, but the camera's still rolling. You don't, I mean, yeah, well, you can just decide to just sit there and stare at the other person or do some kind of action that comes from the character. But, you know, if you're given that freedom, we're taught as actors to live as the character, like they're real people. And that, that knowledge is also part of what I want to share with writers because some people, some writers naturally do this. And I, and I applaud those, the, the people who can kind of switch viewpoint and become character in, become a specific character in their story in their seat at their desk. Um, but I want to encourage people who have never had that experience to try it. So for people who've done it, this book is an opportunity to do even more of that. And really, I love, there's a lot of games for character. And then if you've been like, oh, that's just, I don't know if I could there's an invitation to see what happens because I do think magic happens when you do that. And I I think that both are valid. This is not a book in like the final product. It's not a book on editing. It's a freedom to get ideas out there, explore, discover, and then you can get to work, you know, cutting and, and, and slicing and dicing and making it, you know, what a director who might be very, you know, (laughs) strict about doing your version of that with, with your story and really, getting to the meat and potatoes, but you know, it's been said, you can't edit what isn't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that's the, the, you know, you can't edit a blank page. I mean, that's, that's always the challenge for everybody. And so, so let me ask you this, you know, when it comes to the blank page, you know, do you believe in writer's block? Uh, do you believe that we can get blocked? Um, you know, <laughs> someone say permanently or for a long series of time, or, you know, do you deal with that, any of that in the book um, specifically? Because uh, obviously you've been around a lot of different writers and different writing environments and even your own writing. Um, you know, is, is this something that's, that's curable? Is this something that we don't, you know, need to worry about? Are there things we can do? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I believe that every writer's personal struggle with that is real. I only know like from, my own experience and and from the people that I know. And what I do know is that people who've done improv and have an improv background, 
even if it's a writer who's been told like, hey, check out a class and, and try it out. When they have some of these fundamentals, and especially people who've done improv for a long time, they just do not have that. That is not something that they experience very much. But I, I also think that writer's block can sometimes just be, you know, it's time to do like another like thing that helps creativity come along, which is do something else. Mm -hmm. And, or, you know, it's just not ready to, the, 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 the thing that you, there might be a hurdle in the story that you're working on and it just hasn't arrived yet and it will. So I think it's like writer's block can be a combination of procrastination and patience. Like I don't experience writer's block in as, except that I procrastinate a lot. Like I sort of, if I didn't have deadlines, I don't think I would be writing. Like whether I'm self-imposing these or it's, you know, something that I've been hired to and there's, you know, there's a, there's a bit of pressure. So um, I think it's a real thing for some people, but I, I also think that you can work through it. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, you know, I, I was reading, I think maybe your blog or, or somewhere you were saying, you were talking about, um, you know, this idea that, you know, if you're a writer, especially for you and the different venues you're writing and genres you're writing, I should say, uh, you know, sometimes you just have to write because you're getting paid for it or <laughs> there is a deadline. Like there's no, well, I have writer's block. I'll get back to you in a couple of years when I have something fresh. Um, yeah. but I think sometimes that's where the, the creativity meets us is even in the pain or even in the dryness or, you know, I'm just not, I just don't have very good ideas right now. It's, it's this kind of this, uh, you know, I think of a piece of clay, you know, and it's, it's not very pretty when we start, but then, you know, as we kind of chip away at it and find kind of that nugget of truth or that, that big story idea, it's like, you have to kind of work with it, but you have to have something to work with. And that may, you know, mean scrapping it all together, but, or coming back to it, or it's like a kernel or just a seed of an idea or a piece of an idea. Uh, cause I, I imagine you've probably had, you know, with improv, you've probably had this character and you're like, well, maybe it doesn't work here, but years later, it's like, oh yeah, here, this is going to work right here. Um, can you share any experiences like that where something just kind of started as maybe, oh, that's nothing. And then showed up later, <laughs> later. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that is, that is a fun thing with like just constantly creating characters and I want, I'm trying to do my best to sort of log them and keep them organized. But yeah, it's like, I can, improv is this you know it's as I said it's short for improvisation improv is the art of making stuff up and you know we're just oh yeah we're making up these characters but they stick with people you know I, I have um I had a, a, a I teach kids and teens and adults and um I had a, a young girl in class and she just said to this character and I still think about that funny little character it's like oh it was hilarious and not, not that I'm, I'm using it, but I just like, I think fondly of that. And it's amazing to me that years later that I'm like, I remember the exact sound her character made. And it was really <laughs> funny mm -hmm. and like, what a choice, you know? And then, you know, I've been on stage with other performers and we found something, we dug in and we had these characters just, just loved each other and very broad. And it's like, oh yeah, I want to do more with that. I want to do more with that character. And it's just improv is discovery. And I think that you know, it's, I, I think that that's the magic of it is things that we wouldn't create if we weren't sort of just sitting down to do the work, you know, your, your blog and everything that you're doing, being a prolific writer, you can't do that if you don't sit down and do the work. That's, mm -hmm. that's the main thing is, you know, begin. Mm -hmm. It is. And it, it's hard. And it's hard to even write about that, talk about that because they're, you know, you want to practice what you preach, but sometimes 
you know, you do sit there and go, Oh, I just don't have anything or, Oh, the, the, you know, this idea is dumb, but, it, but it is funny how, if, if I were to kind of look back on novels I've written and nonfiction stuff I've written and articles, whatever, it, it they always kind of start the same way. It's like, Oh, this is the worst thing ever. Oh, you know, I don't have anything. And then you kind of just keep chipping away and you realize like, yeah, you have to just start with something. You have to have something to work with. And then it's funny because there's so many books I've written where I, I started with an idea and the end of the book, you know, the finished product was something so different than what my original intention was. Uh, and I think that's actually where it's fun because it was like, no, it was, I thought it was this, but it, now it has to be this <laughs> because that's the real, you know, that's the real meat. That's the real impact right there. Um, I agree. I was just talking to a friend about that, about how, um, you know, a, a writer working on a novel and how a scene that they'd been excited about getting to and they're writing it and then it just got turned on its end and it just happened. It wasn't planned, mm -hmm. you know, and that's like how characters will tell us who they are and what mm -hmm. they want to do. And, and, and that's, I think it's important to be following those because you feel, you feel that kind of joy in the, creation of it mm -hmm. and it's just it's just following it right yeah it's, yeah yeah sorry to me to cut you off uh you know i i am a, i don't want to ever you know say this is you know gospel truth or law that you could never you know you always have to improvise and just go with the flow and write your books you know whatever comes will come uh but i'm definitely more the no outline you know just keep building and see what, where, where it goes and tweak as it goes. And, you know, others it's like, you know, I need an outline. I need all the characters laid out. I need every line laid out. You know, essentially I'm writing almost a whole book of outline. Um, but there is something about that almost existential thing. There's that joy thing where I don't want to know where it's going. There's a reason why I write. And, and I, and I want to trust my subconscious. I want to trust the creative part of us, whatever that is, uh, to give us, like you're saying, give us those, those characters, give us those lines that, that need to be there. Um, because that's, that's the joy of the journey. And so when I think about that, and again, I know you've already said, you know, there isn't, there, this isn't the final word. This isn't, you know, the only one way, but when you, when you uh, talk about these 10 secrets, give us just, what are some of those secrets that you kind of, uh, lay out in the book that, that are going to help, you know, screenwriters and novelists and wherever, whatever kind of writing you're, you're doing? Well, Ryan, you just touched on it. I was like, oh, that's it. I mean, one of the, <laughs> rules, one of the rules is trust. And it's mm -hmm. like, well, what, what does that mean? Well, trust that when you sit down, like something's going to happen and, and that you can, you can do this. They, your characters are going to show up. You're going to move on. You're going to have this chapter done. You're going to have this paragraph done. You're going to complete a sentence. And just trust in yourself and trust that, you know, these, the, the, the forming is beginning. And setting an intention too um, is is really helpful. Just deciding, you know, whether it's a word count or or whether it's I'm not going to worry about a critical voice coming in. Usually, setting it set an intention is one of the one of the rules that I have in the book. But it tends to be for me before I begin going on stage or writing something. I set an intention for how I want it to go, and it tends to be one of the other rules. Like just picking one being like, okay, well, today I'm really just going to focus on being present at my desk. I'm not going to worry about distractions. I'm going to turn all of that off um, because I think we need a lot of space around us to write prolific. You know, if you're, mm -hmm. if you want to write prolifically there, you, it's hard to be juggling all these different things. So maybe that's, if that's a struggle, maybe that's where you begin. For me, um, listening was something that I struggled. I had find myself on stage 
thinking of what I wanted to say next when with my scene partner. And that's not how improv works. Hmm. Improv works. You're, you're really hearing what's being said and you're responding to that and trusting that you're not going to make a fool of yourself. And you know what, even if you are, you're also using the 10th rule, which is judge not, you're not going to judge yourself for saying something weird. So you said something weird. I mean, that's kind of the point of it is like, just see where it goes. Maybe that weird thing is something that people six with people later. You, we just can't be the judge of that. We can't decide this is going to be the best line in this, or I'm going to come up with some great, like, mm-hmm. great thing. It's there's a giving over to, to the work and giving over to, you know, we've chosen this field or, you know, if, if you, you know, we have, we have this ability to do this, we're on this path and, you know, having no expectations is important too. Mm-hmm. I often get asked, I have both of those rules in the book, have no expectations and set an intention. And they sound kind of similar, but have no expectations. I mean, that's just letting go of mm-hmm. what you think the outcome should be. And setting an intention is the work that you're going to do while you're working to me. And those are, those are just a couple of them. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we've got the, the granddaddy rule of, of them all, which is say yes as, mm-hmm. as your first thing. And, and that is the best step, you know, in beginning a creation is just, well, I'm going to agree with myself. I'm going to say yes to this project. I'm going to say yes to the next 20 minute writing block. I'm going to say yes to this odd thing that the character has suggested because I'm not going to judge it. I'm going to see where it takes me. So those are, those are just a few. No, those are great. And I, I, I think you're, you're hitting on something. I remember I was just reading something. Uh, you probably know William Goldman, you know, the famous screenwriter, yeah. Princess Bride and a bunch of other stuff. Um, and, you know, he famously in his Oscar, you know, winning speech, he says, you know, we really don't know anything. In other words, just telling kind of the, the movie and film industry, we, we don't really know what's going to hit and what's going to be popular and what's going to you know, impact people. And as much as, you know, everyone wants to say they do, they really don't. And I think what that's kind of what you're hitting on is, is giving your, yourself permission to say yes and just go and trust this process to say, I, you know, I don't know what's going to come out the other side, but you know, it may resonate, it may not, but that's part of the act of creation. And that's part of, you know, the creative work is, is, I mean, if you were to lay lay out every famous novelist and you know actor and i mean they all have dud books they all have dud movies um they've all fallen on their faces and and sometimes you know you look up and go well, why did that one hit and that one didn't you know or you listen to your favorite band you're like actually there's songs on that album i love more than i do the other ones that were popular you know and and i love that just giving yourself permission and we always talk about just telling yourself i am a writer it's just that that constant daily saying i'm a writer and you know what writers do they write yes. <laughs> that that yes. that's by definition that's what they do they don't think about it they don't listen to podcasts they write and that's the difference that's the difference yeah. um and it, you know, you know and, in, the, in the book i sorry i have um this rule it's be an expert and this is this is a rule that is really important on stage because if you're on stage in front of you know hundreds of people or ten or whatever whatever's in whoever's in the room, you're on stage. People are looking at you, and the person you're doing a scene with makes you a oh I don't know give me a uh, give me a suggestion of like a really important kind of profession. Uh, they're a doctor. Great. Okay, so I'm not a doctor never went to med like for this thing i mean you but you know. play you played one on tv though right yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly and so the rule be an expert is there because that scene will fall apart if i go i'm i'm 
Mm-hmm. But if I go nurse, scalpel, mm-hmm. the difference there. I mean, I'm just pulling from what I've seen from life and TV and movies and my imagination and just diving in and doing something. And I'm keeping the scene moving because I'm in that moment after the terror of, I don't know how to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if the right words are going to come out, what kind of terminology. And that's also where fun can begin because I love gibberish and, uh, you know, hand me the flubadibits. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we all know that's made up, but we're having fun with it. And and we're playing just like when we were kids. And that's part of it. You you can't go up to a kid and say, I mean, you're really not a Mm -hmm. uh, knight. And that, that, uh, that dog is not a horse, not a horse, you know? They're just like, nope, nope to them. It's very real. And so I'm, I'm just asking, you know, anybody who's writing to also do that as well as be, decide to be an expert. Of course, there's legitimate research that we must do. But in these games, in these exercises, if you come across that suggestion, just to decide. And the, why I, why I brought that up was you said, we must say, I am a writer one of the things I, I also think makes a big difference is just to decide I am an expert at writing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are an expert at your right. own story, your own right. stories. Nobody knows the universes that you're building better than you are. So technically you are an expert on that mm-hmm. project you're working on. Yep. So just decide I own this. I am this. Now, this is different, a- like you sit differently, you know? Yep. No, it, it that man, I, I need to go buy. I, I usually try to read the books that I, people are interviewed, but I haven't, I'm going to get your book now. Cause I, I think this is, you're hitting what, you know, people that, that talk to me, email me, you know, people I, even I interview where they're so hung up on things like research and things like, you know what, Ryan, I've never shot a gun. So how am I going to write thrillers? It's like, you know, mo- most authors haven't shot a gun or killed someone like, you know, Stephen King has not, you know, he has not killed people. He has not, you know, done the things he's done in his books and, and yet he's an expert. And, <laughs> and, you know, and you do, you write with that confidence, you write with, you know, you kind of fake it till you make it. Now, again, as you get better, you, you want to check, double check that research. It's not hard to do. Uh, but it's all that, that resistance. It's all that, that self-talk that we say, you know, I'm not a lawyer. I can't write lawyer novels because I've never been in a courtroom and, uh, and all that. And, and, and I think there is something to that. There, there's something, even in nonfiction, you know, you always, you always worry, well, you know, how can I write a nonfiction book and solve someone's problem? You know, I'm, I'm not a famous person or I, I don't have a big following, but but I have solved this problem in my own life. So maybe someone would like it. And, and we, we tell ourselves we can't, I can't do this. I can't get in front. I want somebody to give a talk on improv. I mean, even though I've done it, but if there's always someone better than me and there's always someone who's more of an expert than me and, and all those kinds of things. Uh, no, I love that. This is great. Uh, so, so tell us a little bit, um, you know, when you kind of in your own kind of writing room, your own world, um, you know, obviously you, you create a lot of stuff and, and, you know, a lot of content, um, you know, you're writing books, you're, you know, doing audio books, you're writing scripts, you're, you know, creating characters, you're doing all these things. Obviously all this requires writing. Uh, tell us a little bit, like, where do you start? I mean, obviously you have these rules and you have things that you're kind of thinking about, but what does kind of the daily routine look like for you or weekly routine look like for you? I, uh, I, um, if there is one. Yeah. Wow. I was just going to say I, a daily routine would be so cool, <laughs> but I say that and I, you know, the, the closest I ever had to a daily routine was when I was um, teaching, you know, consistently and had my schedule of classes mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. my students and showing up for them. 
Um, and I did, I did really enjoy that and, until I was like, okay, now I really need to focus on my own creativity and, and kind of, we have to, we're always looking for, for balance, but like I recorded the audio book for improv for writers. And that was one of the most surreal experiences I've had in my career because I've recorded a lot of audiobooks for Penguin Random House. And I love working with them. And the quality is always, I mean, wonderful stories. And then to go in one day to, you know, this publishing house and audio publisher and sit down and work with people I knew or people who feel like family to me on my own book. It was like, it was really amazing. And I just never thought, like it was a feeling I'd never had before. And on the way home, because I'd been talking about creativity all day for a couple of days, um, I just kept coming up with more and more games. And I think my friends are just like, oh my God. I was like, what, uh, what about, um, what if we play the game? You know how in improv there's this game with a taxi and what if I translate it? We do it this way. And I just like, I can't stop. And that feeling that, that momentum we get that comes from just starting. If I hadn't been recording no. an audiobook that day, whether it was mine or somebody else's book on creativity, th- that those I, that juice wouldn't be there if I was just binging Netflix and like disappearing from humanity, which is certainly fun to do. Mm-hmm. But the, when I get in that mode of like I'm, you know, or on a vacation, it's like we're not necessarily thinking creativity, but I think it's like momentum, work begets work. That all of those kinds of little sayings. If we're doing something creative, we're seeing stories all around us when we're working on a story we start to we start start to see a story elsewhere like i was going to say we were talking about research you know how important it is and mm-hmm. you mentioned about lawyers and all that i've been researching this subject that i never thought i'd be interested in i mean i really just didn't have that much interest in like early hollywood and i found a woman that i was fascinated by and now i've just been i've been doing all this research and you know what has happened is i found other stories that i want to tell from this time period that have just caught my attention. So I think if, if we're like, oh, I'm kind of interested in Western, but I don't know anything about them, it's a, just dip your toe in and see if, see if you respond to it. And if you respond viscerally to it, like one of the rules, it's a bonus rule because I couldn't narrow down to 10, <laughs> um, is conjure enthusiasm. And I think when we get excited about something, like the day that I left, recording the audiobook because now I know there's more things I want to there's more things I want to write more games I want to put on my website and and all of that like I am fired up and getting to talk to you about it right now it's like no this is this is like I'm excited about it Mm -hmm. and when we as writers creative people of any kind when we get excited and our body starts to like bubble up a little bit I think we really have to pay attention to that I always tell parents that when you know teenagers are sort of famous for being like yeah whatever I don't care and when you have a kid who's kind of like that and they get excited about something supporting it is I think one of the most important things we mm-hmm. can do as as teachers and parents mm-hmm. no I think that's that's so true I'm on the life level create creativity level and and I don't know I don't know if this you know applies directly but it was a question that was kind of kind of burning on, on in my head as far as ideas is uh, and maybe it's along the same lines is how do you kind of discern what is the best idea? In other words, 
you know, you, you were talking about, you know, getting started and just kind of seeing where it leads and all, and all of that. But, you know, I think my challenge is always, and I think other writers, it's, you have all these ideas and you're, and you're kind of trying to, trying to decide what is the idea of the idea or what's the, the thing that just keeps um, s- sticking around, you know, what, how do you kind of discern what, what's the project I need to tackle? Is, is it kind of what you just said about enthusiasm or passion about it? Or is there some kind of process you go through to, to determine that? I think that's a really good question. Like that's a really important one too. And also congratulations on being somebody who has a lot of ideas because <laughs> that, you know, and I understand, I understand that feeling too. I've, I had gone to a Hay House writers conference and there were a lot of people in the room who were like, well, where do people who had maybe one story and then there were there were quite a few people who were like oh I have a couple I don't know which one to start with and I was one of those people and um for me what I ended up doing was kind of talking about both books that were in me to um people whose opinion I respected and knew me well and professionals in the publishing world and um this book that we're talking about was not the first book the first book that I haven't I, I, I wrote, um, I have just notebooks of material on it is a book that I titled, I'd even sent out a few queries, but a, a book that I titled Improv for Life. Because I, like I mentioned, I was seeing with my students that the things they were struggling with on stage were things that were happening in life for myself, like being present in the room was a bit of a struggle. And things like meditation helped me to, to accomplish that and doing other like mindful kind of things. And that also improved my ability. Like when I was on stage, I felt a lot better about everything that kind of happened on, on the, from the time I walked from Mm. backstage onto, you know, under the lights. So, um, that book hasn't been like officially written, but it was the first idea. But I was suggested when I was talking also about improv for writers, I got so much interest from people. They were like, wait, tell me more. And so that's the one that, and I'm glad because I'm not a, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. I don't have a degree to be able to tell people what will help them. And, you know, you, you, sometimes you feel like even just what we were talking about earlier, of course I could, I mean, I feel like I could happily write that book, but sometimes those credentials are what a publisher is going to want to see. And, um, so I, I made the decision, it was kind of logic, like there was logic involved, I guess, but my heart still really wanted to write a, write a book because I still really believe. And so I've just decided I'll blog and I'll write and I'll talk mm-hmm. about it as well with every talk I give, how these rules that are in the book are also like, they're things that make us like better, you know, more fun to be around mm-hmm. every single one of them. It's like, if it doesn't make you more fun, it makes you, you know, like, just, I don't know. Let me put it this way. When I, when I would meet people who had been improvising and were really great improvisers on stage, like you couldn't take your eyes away from them and they were just very comfortable and confident and, and funny. And also like there were heartfelt moments too, because I don't believe, you know, improv has to be all funny all the time. There's so many other uses for it, even in, in theater. Those people, when I talked to them after, I had really nice conversations with them. And I thought like, that's a really kind of amazing person. And I think there's a there's something that happens when we're constantly creating and then not judging it and throwing it away mm-hmm. and not judging other people and supporting the people we're on stage with. Even just those couple of things I just said, if we were just doing that, supporting the people around us, not judging themselves or ourselves and like being being present for it, it's like 
oh, what, what more could we ask for in life to like be grounded, you know? And then be, when you're grounded, you can be this fountain of like all kinds of ideas can come out of you. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think there's a, you know, all of our creation and art and Im- improvising, it comes from, it can't, you can't separate yourself from the art. I mean, that, as much as people want to say you can, mm-hmm. there's always a piece of you in there. And, and I think it's important to let people do that because there's some healing that needs to take place. You know, I, my first novel that I wrote, I didn't realize till after it was done that I, my, we had lost our second uh, child died when she was like four days old and it was just a heart, heart wrenching time. And I wrote this book, you know, a few years after, and it was just me dealing with the loss of my daughter, um, different characters, different storyline, but you know, it was a, a son who died and, and all that. And you realize like, Oh, that's, where that came from. And that's why I had that idea. And that, that was just for me. And I think when we give people that space to just let them create and let them be and, and not there, there's more going on than, than just, you know, making someone laugh or writing a good book or a good screenplay or whatever. There, there's always just that piece of us that's, that's in there somewhere. And, and I think that's important. Like you're saying, it's just give, giving people that freedom to trust and just go and, and see what needs to happen. Cause sometimes it's for you more than even someone else. Oh, Uh that's absolutely true. Yeah. 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 And it is, and it is, I think you have to, obviously you're, you're professional. So, I mean, there was a point you can't just be, you know, weeping all over the stage. I mean, you have to do your work and it's, you know, I'm just going through a hard time, but, but you know, there is a balance there, but I think there, it's just hard to separate those things. It's true. It's so true. And when I was learning about you, I, I, you know, I did, I did discover that about you and I just was blown away. I was very excited to just, I don't know, you've been through so much and, you know, what you're doing with your life and with your art and, and how you explain that so, so beautifully, like it's the work, you know, we're working on ourselves and we're working on our art and they are so connected and there there's a there's a time and a place for for all of those things and i feel like when when we're writers we i feel like we're very fortunate that we have this opportunity in a way that a lot of other artists might not have i mean i think actors too can really because we um acting is so emotional that a lot of things can come out through another character that's not even us it doesn't have to be a one-woman show which i've done plenty of um but it doesn't have to be a one-woman show but my those feelings that uh, of going through a really difficult time they find their way out onto the stage and and through the performance because you know they just do and when we're you know getting to write writing is communication Mm -hmm. and we can really reach a lot of people and and lift them up and and let them know that even though when we go through some some of the hardest things we've ever been through you can get through it and I think that helps a lot of other people whether it's nonfiction or fiction Mm -hmm. that it's important to have that communication and it's an important job Aside from like, you know, sometimes just really writing a very entertaining story, but right. a lot of meaning. Yeah, that's fun. I mean, it's, there, there's, you know, it's funny that I've interviewed quite a few horror writers and I've always said, you know, why do you write horror and you know, some of this dark stuff? And, and it, there's some of the most well-adjusted, happy people you've ever met. And I think it's like this release valve for them. It's, it's writing about the things that scare you and dealing with that rather than, you know, 
getting angry with other people or, or attacking other people. It's like, it's my way of kind of getting that out or what I see in the world that's painful or things in my life that's painful. Um, and it, and I always tell people too, even if you, you're not really a writer or people never read it, just writing can, can be that kind of release valve. It's just whether you're journaling or typing and maybe it's just for you, but, but there's just something you need, you need to get it out <laughs> rather than just bottle it in, you know, or, you know, whatever you're creating and some, you know, it's other forms of, of art, you know, they're creating things cause it's kind of this outlet that they need. Um, so no, I, I think that's, that's, there's so, I mean, we could talk for hours on this, um, you know, the benefits of creation and creativity and, you know, on so many levels. Uh, so Georgina, this has been fantastic. And, uh, just a couple more questions as we kind of, kind of wrap up the interview is, you know, obviously you have, uh, 10 secrets to help or excuse me, improv for writers, the, the 10 secrets book that just came out and anything else that you're working on right now that people need to know about. I'm definitely going to put that in the show notes, make sure people go and get it. But yeah, what are you working on right now? What are you excited about? What are you looking forward to? Oh, thank you. Um, I'm very excited about, um, I, I can't say too much, but I can say um, that I've uh, been doing voices and writing for Disney and um, there's several more episodes to come. Um, I've got one out that's on Disney Junior, but there's um, there's more on the way. And that's just been like the most fun thing. And I use some of these exercises sometimes when I'm like, I get the opportunity to, you know, um, they're called springboards and throw out a lot of ideas of, you know, what could happen with, uh, you know, with Mickey and Minnie on, on certain things. And uh uh, so I'm just like, I have to come up with a lot of ideas and I use, I use, uh, these exercises to do that. And it's super fun. And I also have an original show that my partner and I, we have been working on and it's called the bubble chicken and the bubble chicken and it's just a Love fun, it. you know, very young, um, children's show. And we've got some animation done and a puppet built and we're just, you know, We've decided to be factories, not warehouses. So we're not, I've been a warehouse for a long time. And just the past couple of years, I've really started to become a factory with this book and, you know, writing for some TV where I can actually see the episodes that I've written. And yeah, being, being a factory is, is my new adventure. Well, that's exciting. I, I love it. My, my kids just got excited knowing you, you're doing Disney stuff. So, uh, best place to find you, your website and your book. Um, yeah, Georgina, yeah, GeorginaMarie.com. And I'm, I'm working on adding more and more content related to the games and, and the improv. And then I'm on the, the social, the social mm -hmm. places. Great. Well, Georgina, I'm so thankful to have you on the show today. And you helped a lot of writers, a lot of creators. Um, you are a hilarious person. I watched some of your videos and your uh, demo reels and stuff. I was cracking up. And so everybody go check out the Improv for Writers book. Uh, it looks amazing and it's going to help you and go check out our website and join the Georgina Marie train. Get on board, right? <laughs> right. There you go. Well, thank, thank you, Georgina. You, <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye.